Welcome to the podcast where we do it for the love of it. I'm Kevin. And I'm Charles, and this is a sports podcast where we talk about the best sports and events from across the global competitive landscape. Okay, so uh, this week we're starting it off with two championships, both in, in the newest sport, eSports. Uh, we're going to start it off with the League of Legends World Championship. What do you got for us, Thompson? Yeah, so the surprise in this one happened a few weeks ago when Invictus managed to upset the heavily favored KT Rollster. And they rolled the entire way through, eventually beating Fnatic or Fnatic in the <laughs> best of five final. Three to nothing. Once they got rid of the superpower, they rolled their way through to the championship. Very true. I mean, it's crazy to see that they managed to knock off a team like that. I mean, apparently they were missing a superstar from that who was struggling. But even then... Yeah, yeah. they were so deep that... That didn't affect anybody's belief that they would win. Exactly. So when they carried right into Fnatic, it was unbelievable, you know. Um, so, I mean, what a, what a win and well-deserved by a team that beat the team that was supposed to win it all, you know. Yeah. Yeah, certainly, like, you can't, they can't say a bad word about Invictus. The only thing I do wish... Uh, the final and both semifinals were all 3-0, 3-0, 3-0. So it was kind of an anticlimactic finish to what was a wild tournament. But yeah, you got to give, true. just heap all the praise you can on Invictus. They were precise. They were spectacular the whole way through. A hundred percent. Um, I mean, there's not much more you can say about that other than congratulations. And I guess we'll slide on over to our other championship. This one here. The Overwatch World Cup. Yeah, so this so is this your one. expertise, so why don't you uh, give us the okay, rundown. so I managed to catch a lot of the final eight here uh, between mostly Korea and uh, the UK, which was extremely wild even though it ended the way it ended. Um, so I will start it off here with our bracket was the top eight, and the top eight was UK uh, versus the USA. Australia playing versus South Korea, China versus Finland, Canada versus France. Um, now, uh, we were expecting South Korea to win. Obviously, yeah. spoiler alert, they won it all. <laughs> <laughs> Rolled through all very the convincing. entire time without losing a match. So, uh, the, uh, the United Kingdom, they, uh, they beat USA. Australia got swept by South Korea. China swept Finland, and then Canada swept France. To walk into the top four, uh, where we just kept the sweeps alive here, um, we're going with uh, South Korea sweeping United Kingdom, and then China sweeping Canada. So in our yeah, third let's go place back. match... Let's go back to South Korea-United Kingdom for a bit. You said... Oh, yes. Uh, so this was the only one... South Korea didn't lose a match, but they did tie two matches. Yes. So the UK, um, were they... Even though they ended up finishing fourth, were they kind of the the sentimental second second best team in the tournament? I mean, I don't think that's the case. I think China was the second best team in the in the group, okay. but South Korea just didn't go down without a fight. Like they started <laughs> it off, but like the first, I watched the first round, like South Korea wins it like pretty handsomely. 
and then like the next like little uh like little round that goes uh it was the united kingdom winning in convincing fashion and you're like oh no what could happen here and then south korea literally just gives the boots to him like i was like <laughs> and it, it, but it was it was still back and forth the whole time and uh you know managing to have a, a couple of ties and then south korea just did what they did and just kept like they're so tactically sound they just overwhelm them by way of running an igni- a very exact game plan and running it to perfection. Yeah, they just they don't allow you to make a mistake, basically. No, not at all. And um, so then we slide over to China and Canada, where China swept Canada uh, to make our third place bracket United Kingdom and Canada, which was a wild round that was ended three two Canada. Go Canada, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, ending on the championship match, Korea, China, and South Korea did what they did best and swept them, which is crazy. Like absolute dominance from South Korea, obviously deserved to be the champion through and through. China fought hard, but South Korea is still just world class. Yeah, so best out of seven, uh, the final was. The first three weren't really competitive. The final, we, when it came down to would it be a sweep or not, uh, that was played at Gibraltar, and that one was pretty close. They had to go into kind of the extra who can push it the furthest. Yeah. Um, but even then, China just couldn't break through for a single match win. No, and uh, I mean... It just kind of shows through how dominant South Korea was through this whole thing. Um, they are, they look great, they play great all the way through, and carrying that all the way into a championship win. So yeah, and incredible depth. They made by far the most substitutions of anybody throughout yes. this World Cup, and it didn't matter. <laughs> they were able yeah, to exactly like th- their B team, their C team might be able to win the world championships. That's where South Korea, that's where we are right now. And it, it really, and uh, I mean, hopefully next year we'd see a lot more uh, strength from some of the other, uh, like the, using South Korea as like a linchpin to pull all the other teams up higher. Yeah. And that certainly is what team. happens. You get that big team that attracts all the attention. And that pulls in more people. I think we saw better seasons this year out of the United States. Uh, Even though they did go out in the quarterfinals, they seemed more promising. There seemed to be more talent. I was impressed with Finland quite a bit, even though they didn't make it. Yeah. uh, Make it to this final. Sorry, they did, but they they also got swept in the quarterfinals. I thought this was a much more impressive uh, Finnish team than we saw the last couple years where there was basically no, no European representation at all and i think Finns are going to be the first first non-british european team to to really make noise in the esports community i would agree with you 100 percent there um i guess there's not much more to say about that other than again congratulations to south korea and uh good job canada hopefully we see you in that number one spot next year <laughs> <laughs> okay sliding over to the nfl um we're going to start this one off with some trades because it is it was the last week before the trade deadline and we saw some pretty interesting moves and then one I'd say maybe two really 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 interesting moves. 
All right. I'm going to start it off with Dante Fowler to the Rams. This being one of the more uh, interesting moves because they still have Robert Quinn. He just got hurt. Yeah, talk uh, about a team that is going all in to win. <laughs> the yeah, Rams exactly. already have a stacked front seven. They didn't like need in the most in the truest sense of the word a guy like Dante Fowler, but they got him anyways. Exactly. Um and holy like they needed a pass rusher on the edge. But <laughs> they needed I it mean, the same way a billionaire needs a few extra millions, but Yeah, exactly. I mean their interior line is unbelievable. But it's to add that edge pressure with a pure pass rusher made sense because they have the ability to cover for a pure pass rusher. So Fowler was an amazing pickup. Um, it sucks that they don't have Quinn as well. So there could be Quinn and Fowler bookending this. Yeah. And their pass package would be absolutely insane, but um, a crazy move. And they didn't really give up too much for him. No, I thought it was a reasonable price. They just, uh, their secondary isn't quite up to snuff. So, yeah, it's gonna have I to mean, be a situation kind of like say, uh, kind of the Ravens teams, where yes. your front your front four your front seven is so strong that you don't need to send a lot of pressure, but you can still force the quarterback to make those quick decisions. Exactly. I mean, and it's smart because you really should like. There's no point in trying to find another corner. Just put some pressure on them. Make that corner who struggles have you know, that solid coverage at the first, you know, four steps, five steps, and then the ball has to be out now, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, although um, they could have gotten a DB potentially, apparently, haha, Clinton Dix was available. Very true, but I don't think safety was, and ha Clinton Dix really not that big of an upgrade for them. So, I mean, I like the move. Get the... Get the pass rusher to go with those bookends and put him in a one-on-one situation. He's a pure pass rusher. He's gonna make some ruckus. Like it was a good, it could pick up. He's young too, very, very young. So, yeah. Um, let's. Yeah, and they've got a good offense. It's not like they need to have a world-beating defense. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like it's like you didn't. It like there's no need to go get a Hawk Clinton Dix, and then also get another end because ha Clinton Dix isn't really a world-class lockdown the whole edge of a field type player. So I don't know, you know, like I feel like this is smart. Yeah. I think you think higher of the Rams secondary than I do. I think that's the glaring weakness and what otherwise is a surefire Super Bowl team. Okay. Moving on to Demarius Thomas to the Texans. I think this is a smart move after they lost Fuller. They needed something else. They don't really have a third receiver that could step into yeah, that this number is, two spot. This is a bold move. I, I'm i not 100% sold on the Texans going forward. No, nor am I. I mean, I feel like coaching it will be their downfall. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we've uh, ripped through <laughs> Bill O'Brien before on this podcast. They do have six straight wins. They're undeniably a playoff contender. When you get in the playoffs, you got a chance. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, Demarius Thomas, 
is not what he was four or five years ago where he was an absolute superstar. So I'm not, I don't like this move as much as pretty much any of the other moves we're going to talk about later. Yeah, I would agree with you here. Demarius Thomas, I feel like he is not that, I don't know, exciting. I don't know if that's the right word. Like he's just, he's drops a lot of balls. He's not as athletic as he used to be. He's older. I mean, yeah, he's always been a number two drop ball guy. Yeah, as a number two, it it makes a little more sense. Like, and like you said, with Fuller going ones. down, yeah, with Fuller going down, like if they had Fuller, Demarius Thomas, I'd be like, I like this. But like Demarius Thomas by himself, I don't know. Um, but I mean, Hopkins is going to get the most of the balls. If you saw the Texans. Uh, Broncos game, Hopkins still got ten catches to yeah. three catches. Like Yeah, Thomas was still... second on the team with just three, so it kind of shows you what they've got after Hopkins, but Exactly. So I mean he he made those catches, he got some yards out of them, and that's all they need out of him. And hopefully that's good enough to get the job done. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, it to me, it just increases the chances they have, they eventually get their butt whooped by KC or New England. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I guess if you think that. that's worth the price, then yeah, why not? You did the job. <laughs> okay, um, the next move we're going to talk about here is Haha Clinton Dix to Washington. Yeah, so this one um, came right out of left field. I don't think anybody was yeah. expecting this. Like that's I'm about to say the same thing. Like, where did this come from? <laughs> that division is wide open. You've got Aaron Rodgers. He's getting healthier every week. Why do you start getting rid of big time players? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, yes, Ha uh, Clinton Dix really is. I won't say he's like the best player in the world, but like you didn't get rid of him for much. Like you didn't get anything good. Like why? break the mold like was there an issue with him was he yelling at Aaron Rodgers in the locker room like what's happening yeah I didn't give much thought to that but maybe there was because I can't find a good explanation for why Green Bay for Washington I think it's great I can't find any kind of good explanation for why Green Bay would want to make this trade I mean maybe contract year they didn't want to pay him Maybe? Maybe was it his contract year? Um, okay, yeah, so. it might be out after the season. Rookie. So yeah, it is his contract. So you get a fourth round pick for a very solid DB. I think one yeah, of the, the smarter safeties in the game. Yeah, I, that, it's literally that. Like I, I don't get the move, especially with Green Bay's lackluster defense. Like. Are you trying to lose and get a high round pick now? Like, yeah, yeah. This does seem like uh, we've given up on the season kind of move for a team that is in a division race, right? I, I mean, like, I get it. Aaron Rodgers is good, but like, you need something, anything. Like, yeah, like I, this I team get... is three, four, and one, basically on the back of an injured Aaron Rodgers. At least two of those games are Aaron Rodgers won the game for you, so. Yes, Without him, exactly. this is this is a terrible team. Yeah. So why so, uh, are you I getting don't... rid of? 
Ah, it doesn't. I don't. Like, <laughs> I can't find the proper words for it because this makes no sense from Green Bay's perspective. Literally, I'm just sitting here going, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know why. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Washington's going to look good with him. It's a good pickup for them. He's going to immediate impact player. He's smart. He's going to know the playbook in half the time. It takes most players. He's one of those guys, so. Yeah. Hopefully he has a, a really good connection there. It works out well for them. The Redskins needed something out there, so yeah. Washington needs that little bit. Like they've they kind of got lucky to get to where they are, so yeah. they just need that extra talent to to keep themselves ahead of the pack because they already yeah. are ahead of the pack. So I would agree with you and to solidify their kind of situation and they've got an easy schedule as well i think they play houston and they play philly a couple times still but beyond that it's a lot of chumps i would agree with you 100 percent. okay uh speaking of philly let's move on to golden tate leaving detroit to go to (laughs) philly for i feel like why but like I guess Detroit's like, meh, who cares? We ain't winning anything. But yeah. Golden Tate is a really, really good receiver. Even at Yeah, this stage. one blindsided me almost as much as the Alshon Jeffrey, uh, not Alshon Jeffrey, um, as the Clinton <laughs> Dix trade. But this one made sense the more I think about it. Like yeah, you said, I, mean, I don't think the Lions have anything. I don't think they have a future this year. The Eagles clearly yeah. do. Exactly. I I mean, I feel like that's more what it is, but I mean, Golden Tate's a really good player. <laughs> and he joins one hell of a one hell of a team too. You got Jeffrey Aguilar, Matthews, like not they don't have that DeAndre Hopkins style player, but they got a team full of Demarius Thomases now. Exactly. So, I mean, putting a Golden Tate in there is really really good for Golden Tate. So (laughs) that's a good point. The big winner of trade deadline day was Golden Tate. Yeah, hundred percent. He went from being non-existent to with a large chance of being in the Super Bowl again. (laughs) You think that highly of them? Large chance, eh? (laughs) I mean, yeah. I'm. I feel like this team is like we're gonna start to see teams separate in these next few weeks. Yeah. Who's the teams? Who isn't the team? The, this is where it kind of really decides that, you know. With the Steelers beating the Ravens, like the Steelers are a team to look out for. They're not a garbage team. Like yeah. they law like they may have struggled early, but now you have to be good. So like the Ravens are in a really weird predicament because they did well and now They were looking really it. good until about three weeks ago. <laughs> exactly. To fall so, like, now you have to either win out or, you know what I mean? Like, it needs to be a large win if you're going to win that division. And then if you're going to get into the wild card, you still have to have a lot of wins. So, you can't be dropping games now of all times. So, yeah. we're going to really see kind of the, the, the teams that are playoff bound separate hard from the teams that are non-existent and shouldn't even be in the conversation yeah from the ravens perspective i think they got a buy next week so for them you gotta hope that uh it's a chance to regroup because i think there's talent on this team yeah but 
Man, something the uh, part of it was bad luck. Justin Tucker never misses a kick. He missed the kick. kick. Yeah, you, get, you run into a hot Carolina team, and then but I think it was the loss this week, like you said, that really makes you worry. Yeah, a hundred percent. If they're going to make the playoffs, they got to be able to beat this Steelers team. Exactly, and yeah, I mean, I just feel like we're going to see Philly separate if we get back to it, Philly. We're going to see Philly separate. They're going to well, be they have a team to catch up first. There. But <laughs> uh, well, I, yeah, catch up and then separate. Like there, that's what's going to happen. Like they're going to turn their talent is going to separate itself from the pack, and then they're going to win themselves into maybe even a division win, wild card at least. All right, I don't think that's the boldest of prediction, but a good, solid, confident prediction right there. For right. Kevin. Okay. Um, we'll slide over to New Orleans and the Rams. Giving the Rams their first loss. Before we get too much into this, can I just yeah. point out how great it would be to be a resident of New Orleans this weekend? Right. You got to watch Alabama, LSU, and Baton Rouge on Saturday and then follow it up with New Orleans, Los Angeles. Big. Can't, big I can't remember a big, as big of a football weekend in a long time. Right? I mean, that would be an awesome weekend to be there for sure. And uh, New Orleans getting the big win as well. Um, they have looked absolutely unbelievable of late. And this yeah, only makes struggled. my Super Bowl prediction look better. <laughs> yeah, they struggled for about three weeks and managed to only lose one game. And then just started ripping through people. And man, did Drew Brees look very Drew Breesy in this week. Oh, yeah. Like, it was unbelievable. Um, he was throwing a lot of balls to... I'm going to forget the receiver's name. He broke a Michael record Thomas? for reception. Michael Thomas, yes. Yeah. He caught yeah. absolutely everything thrown his way. like Including just the dagger at the end when it was still a close game. <laughs> and he just went yeah. for, was it 70 yards or something like that? Just... <laughs> oh, man. It was poetry of motion. They looked so good. And it's not that the Rams looked bad. It was really that the Saints looked that good. Yeah, the secondary, I do think, we talked about it earlier, I think the secondary did look suspect. But Drew Brees, to be fair, can make a lot of secondaries look pretty bad. Exactly. Like, I mean, he is the type of guy to just pick apart a team. And he literally did that. And it's tough because their secondary really isn't that good. I would agree with you, Thompson, there. And they took advantage of that. I love watching Drew Brees when he's on because he is so short that he has to find the throwing lanes, and he was doing that yes. so well this game. He'd just step up or just slide over right to the spot and hit the hit the pass in between the guard and the center. It was, <laughs> it was a really fun game to watch, I thought. It just was. to watch Drew Brees. It was a one-man game, really, as far as watch watching goes, but it was, it was a blast. Very true. Okay, uh, we'll slide over to... Uh, New England and Green Bay meeting uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady meeting for the second time only in their careers. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, not Tom quite Brady. the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady 18 or whatever we finished up yeah. to by the time Manning retired. Very true. And then also on top of that, we have to give this big W to Tom Brady. And he is 100% win percentage against Aaron Rodgers. 
Is that right? I didn't yep. even remember what the what the result of the first game was. Yeah, I've, I don't think Green Bay has won a game against uh, the New England in quite a while. Yeah. So right. Tom Yeah, they Brady, only play each other once every four years. So. Yeah, exactly. So Tom Brady is, I guess he's still the GOAT. <laughs> yeah, I heard someone say before this game that uh, Tom Brady was the goat. He's the greatest of all time, but Aaron Rodgers is the boat. He's the best of all time. He just hasn't had the team around him, hasn't had the necessary success to be able to okay. consider, be considered great at the same level. I thought that was an I interesting mean, argument. I feel like he has had a team and he won a Super Bowl with that team. Yep. He got um, to another one, right? He lost to the Steelers as well at one point. Or did he yes. beat the Steelers and lose to somebody else? Something like that. Beat the Steelers, lost to someone else. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's 1-1 one one in Super Bowls. I suppose that's something yes. I can check out. Um, uh, the one I'm going to say here is Peyton Manning never really had a team even when he won. <laughs> so yeah. can we talk about the boat being Peyton Manning? I think <laughs> you're absolutely right. Like we're completely off topic at this point, but yeah, that's if you're gonna talk about just greatness at what he did, the Colts organization is a mess. It was a mess before Peyton Manning, it was a mess after Peyton Manning. Ursay's an idiot. And yet yes. somehow Peyton Manning made that one of the perennial best teams for more than a decade. Okay. Like, We're talking about there being Hall of I don't even like them, but you can't ignore it. No, I just covered no, my mouth right? while talking on a podcast. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like it, it really is like like Peyton Manning put uh, what's his name, uh, Bill Polian, basically into the Hall of Fame by winning a Super Bowl. Like he linchpinned that the like putting him in completely. You know what I mean? Like, before it was like, heck yeah, he should be in there. Let's talk about it. And then Peyton Manning wins. They're like, yeah, he really should be there. And But, I mean, like, Peyton Manning had literally nobody on that team. Like, name a DB. Like, other than Jeff Saturday, nobody. Everyone's going to be like, Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne is a <laughs> Marvin good Harrison receiver. was legitimately good. Marvin like, Harrison Reggie was Reggie Wayne was made by Peyton Manning. But I think Marvin exactly. Harrison was... And, I mean, we're talking about a player who won with nobody and continued to win with nobody, but couldn't get it done against the greatest of all time. And one of the, like, his greatest defenses of all time. Like, whenever, like, you look back at the Patriots, those best defenses have always been against Peyton Manning. Like, now there's no defense and Aaron Rodgers can't get it done. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, in Aaron Rodgers' defense, he's had to deal with a lot more injuries. Peyton Manning was a robot. Who until yes. he, had, he had that one neck injury, but... <laughs> he won a Super Bowl with a bummed arm. Like, that, his neck made his arm fall asleep. Like, he still won a Super Bowl. I'm just saying, if we're going to talk about Boat, Peyton Manning. <laughs> All right. I like it. Okay. Uh, anyway, before we move on, New England, any... Green Bay. Green Bay <laughs> looks not that yeah. good. Yeah, New England, Green Bay. Our discussion was mostly about Peyton Manning. 
Right. Uh, yeah. New England, I, I just feel like New England looked like New England. Like, their defense isn't the greatest, but their offense obviously fired on all cylinders because they weren't playing a defense of any clout whatsoever. And sure enough, we're looking at Yeah, I've at said it a, again. I'm still worried about the fact that James White leads this team in receptions every single week. Um, yeah. And it may come down to where the AFC Championship game is played. If it's played in New England... It's probably going to be New England going to the Super Bowl. If it's played in yeah. KC, I think the chances are a lot less that we'll see Tom Brady back again for number nine. I would agree with you there. Um, okay, so let's move on to actually the rapid fire. Um, uh, right, yeah, there's a few few good stories here that we don't uh, quite have enough to talk for a long period of time. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to talk briefly about the state of the Calgary Olympics bid for the 2026 Winter Olympics. Okay, okay. So Um, how much money do you think it will cost taxpayers? (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? That's what I say. (laughs) We haven't really got into it, but I absolutely love the Olympics like nothing else. Um... So I am definitely all in on an Olympics that I can go to. (laughs) I'm not rich enough to get to some of the other competing cities, but I'll definitely be able to get to Calgary. (laughs) So personally, I wanted to go to Calgary. Yeah, Um, I would agree with you. It'd be super exciting and Calgary could use uh, a nice, you know, rush of people there and checking out their, because they have a really nice, beautiful city that it just feels like could use someone to have like a huge event like this where people can see that there's a, such a cool city like that. Yeah. So the estimated cost is $5.1 billion for the plan they're putting forward. Okay. Uh, which isn't nearly as much as some of the other ones because Calgary has already hosted an Olympics in 1988. So a lot of the, a lot of the basic infrastructure is already there. Yeah. And there's also talks about spreading it around. Um, potentially the hockey would be played up in Edmonton in the new Rogers place, maybe the skiing, uh, possibly Lake Louise, possibly Whistler, a few different places. The the IOC looks to kind of change it up so that it's not just countries like Russia or China that are bidding for these things. Very, very true. And, I mean, we love the Winter Olympics now that we win a lot. So Yes. Yeah, now that Canada's always top three in the medals. Um. So the federal government and the provincial governments have already said we were fu- we have committed to the money that you're asking for. So right now it's basically all down to the Canadian, uh, the Calgary city government. Uh, okay. They this week early early in the week it sounded like Calgary was going to pull out of the bid, but then there was a bit of backlash on that. So now they are going forward with the planned plebiscite. Uh, which was happening today, I think. I can't remember exactly when. I don't think it's happened yet. Yeah. So we'll get the results of that. Hopefully the citizens of Calgary agree with me. And I think if, as long as everybody's on board, I think this bid has a really good chance of coming to fruition. I would agree with you. And I hope it does. It would be really cool to see so close. And it would be... Once again, really awesome to have another Canadian Olympics run so quickly. 
Yeah, assuming that uh, Calgary's bid does go forward, we'll find out uh, September 11th of next year. So hopefully they'll give me a nice birthday present and <laughs> award Calgary at the Olympics. Okay. Um, let's slide over now to Simone Bliles. Yes, the greatest of all time. Like, this is a goat and a boat, and I don't think there's much... Uh, yeah. Much questioning there, and she just keeps on winning. Exactly. She will be the most decorated Olympian slash um, American slash anyone of all time. Yeah, any country. She's not just gymnast. the best American gymnast. Yeah. Like, when it comes to being on the mat, she is the best. Period. And unbelievable super exciting so glad for her she has been a really cool kind of uh catalyst for me to pay attention to um gymnasts and gymnastics period so i'm a big fan of hers and i'm it's super cool to see uh yeah, so she managed to win the all around championship again for i believe is it the fifth time she's won it and she did it she fell on the beam and still won the championship because her routine is simply so much harder than everybody else. And she's so much more capable, so much more physically talented than anybody else ever. <laughs> that yeah. she could fall and still be by far the most impressive. Oh, 100%. And, like, she is so cool to watch. Once again, I'm. she turned my eye to it, uh, to gymnastics. She made it a sport that I semi-care about. And, I, you know, to root for someone. So it is really cool to see her be the face of it. Again, I have to say that. But, yeah, she dominated. She's done... Her, her routines are on a whole nother level. Like, they're beyond world class. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's no other human is capable of doing what she's doing. <laughs> In my so, mind, the conversation of greatest athletes are... To me, the gymnasts are the greatest athletes. So if yeah. you're the greatest gymnast of all time, that means you're not just the greatest gymnast of all time. You're the greatest athlete of all time in my mind. So it's <laughs> she's at the pinnacle of pinnacles. I'm sure some people are going to be pretty sour about that, but it's it's true. Look I at mean, what they do. They do stuff that like football players can play hockey if you train them. Hockey players can play baseball. Nobody, yeah. you can't, unless you're a gymnast, you can't do what gymnasts do. To me, they're, they're the best athletes in the world. I mean, um, if we were to talk to Brad from Pound of the Apes podcast, he might agree with you. We'll see. <laughs> All right. We'll have to ask okay. him that in the future. Okay, let's side over to the NHL. We have a really weird story that just dropped not long ago here. All right. Um, there was an Uber ride with a Ottawa Senators player. This Ottawa Senators player was caught in that Uber ride dash cam ripping his coaches. <laughs> um, All right. I do we know the identity of the senator or is it just um, anonymous I'm senator gonna look, at this I'm going to do a little deep dive here to see what I can dig up. But yeah, I just stumbled into this story here. But absolutely crazy. Um, to see something like that happen. Um, yeah. Like, what that means, the, I don't know. 
the Senators aren't even that bad. Like, the Senators are above expectations this year. I think most people expected the Senators to be far and away the worst team in the league. And, I mean, they're not great. They're 5-9 and nine at this point. Uh, three of those losses in overtime. But if you would have asked me to guess Ottawa's record after 14, I would have said something like 2-9-3 and three or something like that. Yeah. So did. they're performing above expectations. Not the kind of performance that you'd expect to have some sort of off-the-ice drama. Right? It's It's crazy to think about because, once again, they are performing so very, very well. Um, so I don't know what this means, but I'm looking to find the name here. It doesn't seem to name him, <laughs> but the entire is... team is anonymous because nobody, yeah, yeah, no one knows who they are. Other is it than Matt Duchesne? Going... I guess he's, and, and just to make it even worse, this terrible team doesn't even have their first round draft pick this year. While we are talking okay, about, whoa. uh, hold on here. It was, it looks like it was Matt Duchesne. Okay, so it was the one guy that you can name on the team. All right. <laughs> cool. And a guy who's um, a free agent this year, I think. Even better. Defenseman Chris Weidman as well. There's, there's multiple guys in the seat in these things, yeah. So it's Duchesne, Weidman... I don't know who else. <laughs> now, while no. we're talking about the NHL, perhaps we should do our NHL preview. I know yeah. the we the seasons uh were about fourteen, fifteen games into the season for most people. Um, in my opinion, if I ran the world, the NHL would start as soon as the World Series ended, and around mid-April. Basketball yeah. would start on Christmas and when it does now. But owners like to make money, so we're not about to see any shrinking season, which I think would make the product a lot better. I would agree with you 100% there. And Tam- Thomas Chabot was the other one in the car yes, as well. I totally know who that is. Right? <laughs> and they're just slashing them, like talking about how they're the worst penalty kill because the penalty kill... like. Plan is garbage. Uh, I thought Guy Boucher's calling card was defense. Um, like, isn't he one of he those boring coaches ripping, that everybody uh, hates? Looks like Coach Matt Raymond. Oh, I must believe. be one of the assistants. Yeah, I can't Matt say Raymond I know hockey well enough to name a lot of the worst assistants. power play and worst PK within a calendar year says sends for Matt Duchesne. <laughs> um, <laughs> just taking right. shots here. So there's a whole bunch of shenanigans that kind of come along with this he gets mad how they get quizzed all the time in practice let me break out against guys well we've seen it before in Guy Boucher and other locations he's the kind of guy where players start to hate pretty quick like he's not a player's coach he's not a friendly dude uh and he's I don't think anybody's expecting him he'll finish this season because Eugene Melanick is a cheap human (laughs) Um, and he won't coach next year. I think that's pretty much everybody's expectation. Yeah. But unfortunately for Ottawa, because Melnick doesn't pay coaches, it's not like they're going to bring in some big name. They're going to have to hope they find some unknown guy who hopes to be a genius. 
if yeah, you want exactly. anything out of them. Like some savant who's in the minors. Yeah, Melnick should sell the team to somebody in Quebec. Ottawa doesn't need a team. I would agree with you there. Bring back the Nordiques. <laughs> yes, the Nordiques, bring them back. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'd be weird if they brought back the Nordiques and then took away the history from the Colorado Avalanche. Like, that'd be weird. Yeah, that was... Like, Joe Sackett's career never That was happened. so stupid. Like, we need to... We can bring back the Nordiques, but that's a new team. Like, I hate the Winnipeg Jets because of exactly what you said. They keep yeah. pretending that the Winnipeg Jets of the 80s are their team. No, the Winnipeg Jets of the 80s are playing in Arizona. Yeah. You don't have the history of Dave Anderchuk and Timu Solanian. Stop pretending you do. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with you. And I, I, that's not over the NFL for me. I don't know why the Browns are considered the Browns when the Ravens are the Browns. Yeah. So it's weird like, because, like, we have Ozzie Newsome. He was the wizard. You guys should know that. You love him. Why yeah, do you Winnipeg pretend like plays, he never existed? plays the poor victim on me, and they completely ignore the fact that they stole a team from Atlanta. Yeah. Just because it's cold in Winnipeg, they have they feel like they're more important. And stuff. I, I can't stand the Winnipeg Jets fan base. I hope we don't have too many Winnipeg Jets fans who listen to our podcast because I'm going to alienate them all. And I will continue to do so all season long. The whiteout is stupid. All their fans were white and then they were blue on the ice. I can keep on going about what's wrong with the Winnipeg Jets. I love it. I love it. Keep going. This is oh, great. man. Everybody praises their fans, but then... When they're going poorly, the place is silent, and it's that extra special, like weird vacuum silence when you know yeah. it's supposed to be loud, so I it feels quieter than it is. Man, <laughs> they're I a super talented, it. exciting team to watch, but I hate their fan base and all the hype around them. Okay, good. Cause I, <laughs> this is a good thing because I'm definitely gonna share this to my friend Mike Mitchell. He's gonna get lit up from this. Oh, he's gonna be so <laughs> mad. It's gonna be great. All right, okay. excellent. Um, we're going to start it up now. We're going to move on here. Slide over to the NCAA. We have, uh, some craziness. Yeah, was there a better week looking, like, before a single game was played and you're just looking at the schedule? I can't imagine, remember a better week looking forward than what this week set was setting up to be. I agree with you. Uh, so this one, we're going to start it off with Bama and LSU because, yeah, no better place to start. Exactly. One versus three. In oh. Baton Rouge, superpowers. Yeah, I'm going to let I'm you take f- this one and run. <laughs> yeah, so I spent, I sat down Saturday and just watched NCAA football all day long. Yeah. Now this one, admittedly, this is the game, there was a lot of hype around it and you had to watch, you had to see what happened. But admittedly, I don't think much people were surprised. When Bama just smothered and dominated them. Yeah. Now, Tagovailoa played in the fourth quarter for the first time all game. So, uh, first time all year, sorry. (laughs) Uh, So, LSU has that to hang their heads on. And LSU, I I don't think they did anything that you say, this is a bad team. Thanks to a poorly run uh, targeting role. Uh, Devin White wasn't in for the first half, but LSU certainly can't blame that on why they lost. They simply yeah. just could not do a thing on offense. Yeah, that's Bama's defense, what this was. which has kind of been the the lesser known part, oddly enough, for an Alabama team. They stepped up and stepped up big. 
LSU, I forget where they finished with rushing yards wise, but it was well into the game and they were still in negative yards rushing. It it uh, it didn't end well. Um, rushing wise here, I'm going to give you the exact number. <laughs> yeah, they they got shut out. Alabama has been uh, sorry, LSU has been shut out uh, six times since 1996. Five of them have been by Alabama. Uh, they had 12 <laughs> rushing yards on 25 carries. <laughs> yeah, so they did get into positive yards. They can have that to celebrate on. Oh, but, my gosh. Um, man, just absolutely what? dominated. Like, but let's establish, this is the best defense in football they were playing. Like, in NCAA <laughs> football. Like, and nobody's been talking about it because you have the clear Heisman favorite. On their offense. Right. Um, and holy. Wow. I'm just. And Damian like, Harris. Like, Tagovailoa continued his Heisman price and he was very nice and everything like that. Man, did Damian Harris show up and have a great game for Alabama. Key runs when they needed it to just slash and powerful, smart runner. Yeah. He, he reminded me a lot of Galman during uh, Clemson's championship run. Yes, very, very not true. Not the most talented, but gets the... And not just, like, gets the four yards when you need it, but gets, like, the 16 yards when you need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Super impressive team. I, I want to say there will be some competition, but I can absolutely imagine seeing semifinal and final score where Alabama wins both games by, like, 25 points. Yeah, because this game, this there. team is this might be the best college football team I've ever watched, and yeah, I watched the two thousand and one Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, you can't help but be like, sit there <laughs> mouth agape and be like, "What is this team?" Yeah. Okay, um, let's move on to our next game, which is uh, oh crap, my phone. Why? <laughs> okay, we're gonna move on to PSU and Michigan. Penn yeah, State so ah, did not they took show the up, boots. or did yeah? So did Penn State just not show up, or is Michigan a serious, at least, contender for the number two spot? I think the big thing here is that they are very much in a slump. Because they thought they were going to be a team that was in the top 10, top, you know, four. Yeah, when they lost to Ohio State, I think you're right. I think it took a little bit of look at a little spit, uh, wind out of their sails. And they, they just didn't really show up for this game. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's just the case there. Like, But I also think Michigan is also a really good team. So that also doesn't help when you're flat against a really good team. <laughs> yeah, they've got Ohio State coming up later in the season. As long as they win that, Michigan's going to the going to the playoff, which I believe yes. will be the first time under Harbaugh. Yeah, 100%. And as I said, man, Harbaugh is a great coach. And you just got to go with ups and downs as it goes, but he is going to create a team that's going to make a ruckus. <laughs> yeah, we talked about um, how they the Michigan defense dominated Michigan State's quarterback to something like 2 of 16. 
Yeah. Uh, McSorley, the the guy who was on Heisman list at the start of this year, went five of thirteen against them. So yeah. like that defense is next next level. Exactly that, and it's crazy, crazy to see. So I mean, big W for Michigan. I they might find their way in the playoff. All said and done. So yeah, they've got that on one that. one really scary game on the horizon. But if they can get through that, I think absolutely. One hundred percent. Okay, uh, let's move on to Texas, West Virginia. Take me home, country road. Um, <laughs> wow, what an exciting finish to a football game! Yeah, Alabama LSU was clearly the most hyped game of the weekend, but this was the best game of the weekend. This game, absolute blast. I'm still and just like, like you game. said, crazy finish. Like, what was I watching at the end of that game? Just, <laughs> holy, um, super exciting. Uh, the two-point conversion uh, was just unbelievable. Yeah, so if you weren't watching it, touchdown. Uh, West Virginia's down by seven. They score a touchdown, 41-42, and they decide to go for two. And then madness starts to ensue. Yes. <laughs> because it's not as simple as just, we're going to go for two. Oh, they made the two-point convert. No. They went for two, and then Michigan calls a timeout. So they got to reset. Everybody resets. They go for two again. They complete it. Oh, wait. You can call multiple timeouts at College Football. So, <laughs> so Texas called another timeout. They saw the play. that they, they called it so late that West Virginia actually called their play. So finally, the third time... Texas lines up again. Now they're out of timeouts, but now they've got a guy just sitting right where they ran their play beforehand, so they can't run the play. This time, quarterback draw. Will Greer sneaks in, gets around the outside. Two-point convert. West Virginia wins. Absolutely. Just like Kevin said, wild, wild finish. Yeah, like you you couldn't – I like it was – I like at the end of that, I was just shook. I was like, what is happening? What is happening? Oh my gosh, what is happening? Like, <laughs> like that's all yeah. I could do. I was just like, I don't know what is happening. It was so exciting. Uh, such high energy. And then when he scored, just literally jumped off of my couch. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, like, first half was just back and forth. I think it ended 28-27 in the first half. There were seven straight touchdown drives to end the first half. And then the third quarter got tight, a few adjustments were made, and then the fourth quarter, just the wild, tense, dramatic finish. Absolutely spectacular game. So I want to ask you, West Virginia, they only have one loss, they're up to seven. Do you think this is potentially a legitimate team to get into the college football playoff? Um, Maybe. I'm going to say maybe because... Strength of schedule for them is good, not great. So yeah. that I think that's going to be the one thing that holds them back. If they beat Oklahoma, yes. I will say that, though, because yeah. they have one more game that matters. Yeah, they'll need Alabama to win because you can't get in yeah. with it if a second SEC team gets in. So you got to make Alabama the only SEC team. You need Notre Dame to lose, and then maybe at that point it's Clemson and the Big Ten champion, and then they can make it in if they win all the way through. So I can see a scenario. 
but I think they need help. Yeah, I think they even if they help. do beat Oklahoma, they'll they'll need some help. Exactly. Uh, I mean, maybe. Yeah, I mean it's it's a possibility they'll be close after beating Oklahoma, but yeah, they're going to need a little bit of help there. This would be a fun team to watch as long as they don't uh, get the number four seed. If if West Virginia makes it in, make them the number three seed. Let's watch West Virginia Clemson play. Because West Virginia would get mauled by Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> like it would be 65 to nothing, I'm sure. So I don't yeah, want that to happen. I would agree with you there. Um, yeah, but I, it's it's good. They're going to need some help. Anyway, look at it. We're probably not going to see them there. But it'll be cool if they do. Because they are super exciting to watch. But, I mean, defense wins championships. And there's not a lot of that. <laughs> no, the Big 12. Like, the defense was, it's not It's not a terrible Big 12 defense. This is not the Big 12 of the Baylor-TCU 73-63 to 63 type games. There, There is actual defense being played, but against Alabama, this team would be embarrassed, I'm sure. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Okay, let's move on to Georgia-Kentucky. Yeah, so this game... You wouldn't have penciled this game in at the start of the season, but going in, I believe it was 6 versus 11? 6 versus 9, to be exact. 6 versus 9, okay, yeah. So Kentucky, uh, we, we talked about them early in the season, I kind of dismissed them, and you were you told me not to sleep on Kentucky. Clearly you were right. Yeah, they, uh, they I feel like they looked better than I thought they would... Even when I said, like, look out for them, I didn't think it would be look out for them. Like, <laughs> they look really, 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 really good. And I am sold now that they are a really, really good team, even after this loss. Yeah, they'll be playing in some nice big bowl game, possibly on New Year's Day at the very least. I think they're in a New Year's Eve bowl. Uh, but Georgia, on the other hand, they're, they've now got the inside track to the SEC championship. Yep. I mean, if they manage to, uh, I mean, they're going to win out from here on. Um, yeah. It'll be a question now of what happens when it's them versus the big bad. <laughs> yeah, they would they'd clearly be the heavy underdog in that game. But you don't get a chance to win that game unless you're in that game. So I think there's there's a real shot. And yeah. Georgia, they had the they had their loss to LSU, and I think everybody kind of rushed off the bandwagon when that happened. Yeah, but I agree. Uh, Fromm has come back. He didn't have a lot of yards this game, but the way Kentucky played, he never was going to have it. Kentucky is a methodical plotting team. Yeah, and it's ah, uh, I don't know. I'm just so <laughs> blah. My dog is looking very aggressively for a spot to sleep. I'm sorry if you hear that through the mic. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's an aggressive sleep spot. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Kentucky, they, they played kind of out of their skulls, and I feel like they even played, like they show that they're way more talented, but they also played above that talent as well. Otherwise, we wouldn't have seen them in this situation where you have a 9-6 because, wow. Yeah, yeah. I think they're they're more like a fifteen team, which for Kentucky is 
quite a big deal, but they're probably not a top ten, top five level team. I don't, I don't think anybody would think that at this point. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, um, let's finish it off on some news that doesn't surprise me, and then some <laughs> news that makes me even happier. So Maryland. Okay. <laughs> um, they. They had an investigation. The investigation has come through 200 pages. Uh, bring it, boil it down to you. Uh, yes, a kid died, but it wasn't that bad. Um, yeah, how do you come to that conclusion? I, I just don't understand. It's like, yeah, a kid died, but like, it could have been worse is the answer to that. Like, that's literally the yeah, kind so of the boiled they down... They were accused of having a toxic culture, Yeah. but the conclusion was they had toxic elements, but not a toxic culture. Yes. And we really should mention that somehow, you, I'm sure you've all heard about this already, but somehow they came to the conclusion that DJ Durkin did not need to be fired and could be reinstated immediately. Yes. And, of course... What did they do? Reinstate DJ Durkin. Um, and then people are smarter than that. They yeah, said, luckily everybody flipped out when that happened. Because he immediately was fired. <laughs> he was fired the very next day. But this is still just an incredible embarrassment to Maryland. Yep. If you're thinking of going to, like, if you're being recruited to high-level schools, why on earth would you go to Maryland? This should absolutely tank their program, I hope. I would agree with you 100%. Like, why? Like, why do that? I'm so shook. Like, ugh. It... <clears throat> now, I don't have the linguistic skills to properly illustrate what's going on here. I just want to read... Read the first paragraph of a column by Sally Jenkins. Uh, if you're not aware of who Sally Jenkins is, she's a columnist, sports columnist for the Washington Post. One of the first first sports columnists I remember reading specifically for her work when they like she'd appear as a syndicated columnist in the Edmonton Journal sometimes when I was reading as a kid. She read a couple of of uh, she wrote sorry a couple of Lance Armstrong books that I read quite young. So one of my favorite writers I've been following for quite a while. I just want to read the opening paragraph of her column about this. Because I can't, I can't, I'm not a good enough communicator to express quite as good as this. Alright, so, parents, don't send your kids to Maryland to play football. Just don't do it. It's not a university, it's a canker sore with a couple of dormitories strapped to its separating side. Don't let your son so much as look at an application. At best, he will get all the wrong lessons in manhood, take courses in de deceit and spinelessness. At worst, he may wind up, on, wind up twitching on the ground or even in a hospital issuing a death hiss. It's not a safe place for athletes or students. It's a place for belly snakes. To quote Betty Davis, what a dump. She beautifully worded that, and that made <laughs> so much sense. I cannot Beautiful believe um, that something so kind of, like, terrible, basically, you know? Like, it just can't be, like, there needs to be a little more checks and balances than, like, well, he said it's cool, so, like, 
why not? Like, he said it was toxic, but, like, not that toxic. Like, he just said that he didn't kill him with his own hands. Like, that's yeah, what it felt like How did the like Board of Regents like, come to this conclusion? It makes no sense. There, I don't understand how rational people thought about this and thought at any point this was the correct decision to make. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. And uh, it's still, like, I'm still shook. And, like, I'm so glad that she wrote that because that is so beautifully worded. And it makes so much sense. And I think that really she said everything that needs to be said. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing nothing more we can add. We're just baffled and confused that it even went this far. And thankful that he did eventually get fired. And at this point, Damon Evans still has his job. And he's been responsible for the football program for four years. Yeah. And I think he should probably be next. I as would well. agree with you 100%. Okay, well, on that note, that's all we have. Um, thanks for listening. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here and making noise like <laughs> this. So, absolutely. Awesome. You guys take it easy. And once again, we do it for the love. Thanks for listening.